to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, happy Thursday and welcome back to another episode of the Embody Podcast. If you guys are loving what you're hearing on the show, I would really appreciate it if you slid over to iTunes, dropped a five-star rating or a written review and just let me know what you are loving about the show, what you want to hear more of, what you want to hear less of. Any and all feedback is welcome. That feedback and those ratings and reviews help organically grow the show and get the show into more ears and more souls across the world. So really, really appreciate it on my end. But either way, super grateful that you're here. Before I get into today's quick show, I want to just hit a few housekeeping notes before I get started. So I just wanted to let everybody know that Sunday, November 14th is the last day to register for Rick and I's upcoming book club. We're doing our, I think this is our fourth, fifth book club. We're doing the books He and She by Robert Johnson, who is a Jungian scholar and author. And we are going to explore masculine and feminine psychology via his books He and She that break down the Parsifal myth and then the myth of Psyche and Arrow. So if you are looking to engage through a depth psychological lens, a mythological lens, in a community that has deep, rich, sacred conversations once a month for the next five months, you can head to the link in the show notes. It's pay what you want. You get to choose the price. So it's an affordable option for any of you out there who are looking to be surrounded in a community with rich conversation. The other thing is that my Born to Heal program is open for early bird waitlist spaces that ends in December. The program starts in January, but the early bird pricing will end starting in December. So if you're interested in that, you can head to the show notes and take a look. If you're new here and you've never heard me talk about Born to Heal, Born to Heal is my 12-week sacred group program for women looking to acknowledge their soul wounds, create a rich relationship with the interior spaces of the psyche by reaching into these imaginal somatic spaces in order to provoke the soul's movement towards integration, healing, and wholeness. This is my signature group program. This is the eighth cohort that I'm going to be running. So the third year that I'm I'm doing Born to Heal. So I'm really, really excited to see how the program has grown and evolved over those cohorts. It is lifelong access. So many of the women continue to engage with the content and, and grow and evolve with the growth and evolution of the content itself. So if you are a woman out there who is interested in joining a community that nourishes the soul, you can head to the show notes and check that out and all the details are there. Into today's content, I wanted to do a quick episode today on what enters into the psyche when loss happens. And my hypothesis is that any time that we are experiencing any type of loss, whether that's 
loss of a literal person, a relationship, or it's a symbolic loss, a relationship to a certain thing, a part of you that is transforming an identity, a role, a persona, an image of yourself. I think what enters into the space of loss is always an invitation for a deepening and a widening of consciousness. When I was thinking about this, I I put a note in my phone and the note said, what enters into the space of loss is always an invitation to greater consciousness. And it's, it's interesting in my clients recently, I've been trying to like really remove any type of like value judgments or statements about any experience in the psyche, whether that's like removing the good and bad, the right and wrong, better or less than, greater, lesser. I think that those might distort the way that we approach our experiences because we start to judge our experiences based on the influence of our our cultural sphere, which is really biased towards improvement, ascension, greatness, heroics, conquering, elevating. And for me, I find that it's depth that we get when we experience loss when we're in those transitional spaces, those liminal spaces between what what used to be and what will be, that space is a really potent, rich space for anything to enter. Typically what enters into those spaces, especially if we're dealing with loss, there's a lot of emotions that come into that space. There's fantasies, there's ideals. If we take a perspective that what is in that space is deepening and widening our consciousness, it really changes how we're interacting with that material. And I think that grief is a really good example of something that enters into that space when we are going through an experience of loss. And grief is something that it has more of an edge to it than sadness because I think that grief no matter what defenses we put up mentally feel like grief hits us in our somatic experience it 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 really tells our body that there's something that is moving through like we can feel the grief deeply another experience that I feel like often enters into the space following loss is this feeling of loneliness of feeling alone and it's really interesting because based on the perspective we take towards loneliness itself anytime you are deepening your experience if you don't have connection to the archetypal realm the imaginal realm that deepening experience is going to feel very, very dark and heavy. And you're going to feel like you're the only one that's ever gone through that experience ever. I think that that experience of loneliness begins to be disrupted when we start to meet what's in that space of our, what have we lost? So what figures, what images, what characters, what people 
what relationships, what, what's been lost, and then looking at what's entering into that space. And if we realize that, oh, right in front of us, if we look at it through that perspective, we have these inner characters that are taking up that space. And so if we try to get to know those characters, we really aren't alone. We might feel alone, but I think that ultimately we're always surrounded and held in the psyche. So on the back of the Red Book by Jung, there is a statement that says, The years of which I have spoken to you, when I pursued the inner images, were the most important time of my life. Everything else is to be derived from this. It began at that time, and the later details hardly matter anymore. My entire life consisted in elaborating what had bust forth from the unconscious and flooded me like an enigmatic stream and threatened to break me. That was the stuff and material for more than one life. Everything later was mere the outer classification, the scientific elaboration, and the integration into life. But the numinous beginning, which contained everything, was then. And so when I'm speaking on that space after loss, it's very, it can be very brief because we can jump to like um, doing to distract ourselves from, from growing down. We try to get past it, move over it, ascend, transcend. And if we actually go down into that space that is created, an experience of loss happens, if we catch it, we can get down in there you'll find that there's there's a rich space filled with emotions filled with fantasies filled with images filled with stories filled with myths and there's so much there to work with and it takes a really radical perspective to try to be with that material but really meet what is entering into that space and I do feel like when we have the capacity and the framework and the the right lens to enter that space seeing this with all of my clients there's a deepening and a widening of consciousness like ascension isn't an eternal ascension like that of Christ like the archetypal Christ We might be shooting for that, but I think ultimately as we're going through this human experience, we're constantly being met with losses and traumas and heartbreaks and experiences in our outer life that remind us that we are here on this human realm and to bring us down into that experience and the farther down we can go into our experience and the wider perspective that we can take of being down in the human experience I think it creates an aliveness and that aliveness is something that I think everyone is searching for we may say that we're searching for the just right relationship or the just right job or the just right house or the just right place to live 
But I think what we're really searching for is a sense of being alive and connected and engaged in the human experience. And we can go back and reflect on previous losses that have happened. You know, a a relationship that you had three years ago. You can ask, like, what was the drama that was playing out? What myth was unfolding in that space? And when you can sit with all of the different images that were influencing that and the different archetypes and the different emotions and the different fantasies and the different ideals and all of the things that were in that space, you start to become more aware of maybe there's particular emotions and images that tend to come into the space of loss time and time again for you. And you can get to know those emotions, fantasies, images, ideals and when we get to know them and we can relate to them and we don't take it so personally I think that there's so much shame around how we deal with our inner experiences it blocks us from gaining the deeper wisdom of it all and something that I was telling my client the other day when she was telling me about these intrusive fantasies that were really really bothering her and I was like Those thoughts come in from an unknown source. Your fantasy, you don't make up your fantasies. They they burst through. And she's like, well, who makes them up? And I'm like, that's a great question, right? That's a question that we need to ask. Who 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 sends you dreams every night? You know, these are the questions that we have to ask because then that'll give you a little bit more space to navigate what is actually happening. But instead of navigating what's actually happening, we shame ourselves for feeling what's happening in the first place. And it's like, but you're not the one that's creating that fantasy. You might act it out, but it's being sent to you from God, call it the daemon, call it the universe, call it whatever you want. But we're being sent these these experiences when their space open in the psyche, they bust forward to get our attention. And when we can turn towards that those, those spaces with with curiosity, I want to wrap this podcast up with something that my professor said, quoting James Hillman, who said, "Maybe we fall apart for the sake of the parts." My question is if we've ever considered that the parts of us that are grieving, the parts of us that are in pain, that are suffering, are the parts that force us to fragment in order to get to know them, to meet them, to know them more intimately. And that space is a really hard space to be in because we we have a hard time holding enough space for the truth of that experience, for what is. And we jump to fixing it or taking it away before we alchemize the wisdom. And perhaps the problem isn't the loss and it isn't what enters into that space. It's not the pain and suffering itself. It's a poor relationship to the things that are in that space. It's how we view what's in that space that becomes the problem so if we view any struggle that we have as abnormal then we're going to suffer it more profoundly more deeply 
and less meaningfully. And so the ultimate goal that I'm trying to get across in this podcast is to normalize what enters into that space of loss, no matter what it is, because if we have the right perspective, we can get into a deeper understanding of the necessity of what we're experiencing. It's necessary for us to experience this, to go deeper and engage with life with a depth so that we can feel alive. And then we can move into the greater myth that's actually trying to unfold. And that's really how we can approach loss in a way that is empowered, that's connected, that's soulful, that's meaningful. But that's just what I found to be true in, in my case in working with my clients. So I just wanted to share that with you guys today. And I think that's where I'm going to wrap up the podcast. But with that being said, I will talk to you guys on Sunday. Bye, guys. Thank you.